Hi, my name's Caitlin. And my name's Hannah. And welcome back to Cocktails and Cold Cases. Today, Hannah and I will be drinking a cocktail from Tiki No in Los Angeles called a painkiller. Um, it has the cream of coconut, rum, pineapple juice, and orange juice in it, and it sounded delicious, so we're trying it, and it does taste delicious too. We are also having cider mimosas because we saw cider at Walmart and we figured we had to have some. It's fall already, so. <laughs> Once it hits September, it's fall. Exactly. September 1st, I was decorating for fall. And Marcus was probably so confused. He's fine. <laughs> he accepted it. He knew this was coming. I told him who I was when it comes to fall and Christmas. I mean, if he doesn't know it by now, it's a little too late to do anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, but for those of you who are new to the show, so every other week when we release a podcast episode, we use a bar or bar restaurant from the city where the crime we we're talking about took place. So the crime we we're talking about today took place at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. So we found a bar, a little tiki bar called Tiki No, and that is where this drink is from. So with that being said, we are talking about the death of Elisa Lamb today, and I remember hearing about this on the news when I was younger. Um, it happened when I was in high school. It happened in 2013. So I remember very vividly because my mom is really into true crime, and I feel like that's how I got my start into true crime. I used to watch Nancy Grace with her all the time when I was younger, and that's just how I got to where I am today. <laughs> So I'll let Hannah talk about a little bit of the background and Elisa Lam. Okay, so Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old student from British Columbia. She was studying at the University of British Columbia. Um, she decided to take a trip along the West Coast as part of a solo trip. She traveled on trains and city buses in order to get away from her studies at the university. Her parents only allowed her to travel alone if she checked in with them daily to let them know that she was okay. She arrived in Los Angeles on January 26th from San Diego. She checked into the Cecil Hotel on January 28th. She was last seen at the hotel on January 31st, the day that she was scheduled to check out. Elisa's parents didn't hear from her either, which was unusual given their arrangement for her to travel. Police released surveillance video of her getting in the elevator, pressing multiple buttons for different floors, and looking out of the elevator multiple times until she eventually gets off, which is really odd. Yeah. The really weird thing about it is that the doors never closed once in like this three-minute video. I mean, a couple times that they wouldn't because she kept looking out to see if anyone was following her or trying to get into the elevator. Um, but it was really odd because at one point there was probably just like 30 seconds of her standing in the elevator alone in the back corner, like as if someone she's trying to hide from someone outside the elevator. And it just didn't close. It was really, really freaky. That really stuck with me because I was like, elevators don't take that long to close. <laughs> Right, that's really creepy. She was also seen making some weird gestures with her hands, um, despite being the only one on the elevator. On February 19th, 
Almost three weeks later, her body was found floating in the hotel's rooftop water tank. It was found after guests were complaining of low water pressure when they showered and a weird taste in the tap water. Ew. I know, that makes me cringe. I never use tap water when I go to hotels. Oh, I... Never. I never have, but... (laughs) Ugh. That's horrifying to think about. I'm sorry, that, like, ew. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of, like, movie, like, crime and uh, movies and TVs are based around that idea that, like, people see weird discolored water, taste it, smell it, like, that. a lot of it comes from this. I feel like I remember, like, hearing about it. Yeah. I remember the body found in the water tank, because I remember that no one had access to it when I was younger, which we'll get into more later, but I remember hearing about that, because I was like, that's so freaky. I was like, Mom, it's ghosts, and my mom's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So the authorities had no idea how she ended up there as she was always seen by herself when she was at the hotel. And they also had no idea how anyone would even be able to get up to the rooftop. The maintenance man who found Elisa, his name was Santiago Lopez, described how hard it was to get to the rooftop. He said he had to take the elevator to the 15th floor, walk up a staircase to the roof, turn off the alarm to the roof, climb up a platform to where the hotel's rooftop water tanks were, and lastly, he had to climb another ladder to get to the top of the main water tank where he found the hatch was not properly situated and found the body of Elisa Lamb. The last person to see her before she went missing was the owner of a shop called The Last Bookstore, and the owner's name is Katie Orphan. Katie said that she had plans to return home and she came in to get books and music for her family back in Vancouver. The results of the autopsy only caused more questions rather than answers. Elisa's toxicology results were clean aside from her medication she took for her bipolar disorder. She was not drugged or drunk in any way while acting oddly on the day of her disappearance. The autopsy also revealed no foul play, but full examination could not be done because the medical examiner could not get blood from the decomposing body. Since there is no way for sure to know why Elisa Lamb was acting so strangely, there are quite a few theories. So for the first theory, people thought that Elisa was being inconsistent with her medicine, and that's why she was acting strangely. Some amateur sleuths... uh circulated her toxicology report around Reddit, and the report's shown that while she did take her bipolar medication recently, it was inconsistently taken, so not as prescribed and not as her body needed it. And the hotel manager's story corroborates that, as she had originally been booked in a hostile-like room where there was a bunch of people staying together, but she was kicked out due to her odd behavior. And they didn't really specify what the odd behavior was, just that she was acting strangely. For the second theory... People attribute Lamb's death to the Cecil Hotel, and I've only heard the Cecil Hotel because of American Horror Story, so any of my American Horror Story fans who listen to us, this is where they got a lot of the inspiration for it. So many people died at the Cecil Hotel before her in mysterious ways, and then many serial killers have stayed there as well. The Cecil Hotel opened in 1927 and had guests like Richard Ramirez, who was known as the Night Stalker at the time, and Jack Unterweger, 
known as the Vienna Strangler, stay there. So there's actually a really creepy Richard Ramirez story that stuck with me. Apparently, he would dump his bloody clothes that he had just killed people in right outside of the hotel, and he would walk in half naked. And reports go that the hotel was allegedly in such disarray at the time that no one ever thought anything of it. It never caught anyone's attention. And I just, I don't know how. How do you just look at someone and be like, yep, well, I have my things to worry about. I won't worry about a naked man walking through my lobby. (laughs) Yeah, that's so random. Like, who just randomly walks through a hotel lobby half naked? That's not I would also think that someone would see him at one point or another if he's done this multiple times. Didn't say whether it's like a one-time thing or multiple times, but if he's dumping bloody clothes in a dumpster outside of the hotel, wouldn't you think someone would see him? Like cop, bystander who would be like, I should call the police about this. Right, or like at least find the bloody clothes and be like, hmm, that's not normal. (laughs) So, and there have also been many suicides committed at the hotel and some very odd coincidences. Um, Elizabeth Short, who is also known as the victim in the Black Dahlia murder, which I know because, again, of my mother, she was fascinated with that when I was little, and there was a movie made about it that she really wanted to see. But um, apparently Elizabeth Short was seen just days before she was murdered at the Cecil Hotel drinking at the bar. For the third theory... People think that Elisa was playing the elevator game, which is something I'd heard about before. Um, Shout out to And That's Why We Drink. That's one of my favorite true crime podcasts. And they talked about the elevator game, actually. So please do not try this at home or at a hotel or ever anywhere. I don't know if you guys think this is real, but I just, I don't know. I don't like anything about this. It gives me like goosebumps to think about this. But it's claimed that the elevator game, done correctly, takes you to another world where everything is just like the normal one. So if there's a chair in front of you, there'd be a chair in front of you in this other world. But everything is dark. Some people do claim to have successfully returned after playing the game, and they report seeing a red cross in the distance, but they all have claimed to be disoriented or had trouble remembering how to get back once they get to that other world, which is crazy. So there are some steps to play the game. I thought it was really interesting, kind of, some of the details in it. But I got this from Thought Catalog. It's supposed to be a translation from um, Korean on how to play this game. So the first step is you enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone else gets on, then you understand you cannot continue from the first floor and wait until the elevator can be taken alone. Two, make sure you press the button for the fourth floor once you're alone. Three, do not get out of the elevator when it reaches the fourth floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button to the second floor. And once you reach the second floor, stay in the elevator again and then press for the sixth floor. Again, once you get to the sixth floor, stay on the elevator and press the button for the second floor. And do not get out on the second floor either. Again, <laughs> stay on the elevator and press a button for the tenth floor. Some people have reported hearing a voice calling to them on the second floor during the middle of the ritual. It is said that you should not reply and do not answer in any way. I just heard something creak in my kitchen and now I'm freaked out. It's fine. (laughs) Your ghosts are coming for you. Yeah, they're like, don't tell about our secret world. Leave us alone. Right. (laughs) 
Um, so for the next step, do not get out once you have reached the 10th floor. Stay on and press the button for the fifth floor. It is reported that a woman may or may not enter on the fifth floor. She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. More importantly, she may appear to you as someone you even know. It's important that you do not acknowledge her in any way, shape, or form at all. Don't glance at her. Don't look at her. Don't speak to her. If the elevator you are in is reflective, then stare at the floor or the buttons only and avoid looking at her at all costs. Now press the button to head to the first floor. Instead of going towards the first floor, you instead begin to ascend to the 10th, and then you have performed the ritual correctly. However, and they stress that this is incredibly important in these instructions, if you do descend to the first floor, then you have done something wrong. Get off on the first floor immediately. If the woman is on the elevator, remember to not acknowledge her at all. If you reach the 10th floor, you can either stay on the elevator or exit it. Some people have reported that upon attempting to leave it, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. She may raise her voice to you and ask you where you are going or even what's wrong. She may shriek as you cross the door's threshold. Make sure to keep your wits and do not engage or look at her even out of fear. And there's only one way to know whether you've traveled to this other world for sure. You will know because you are the only person there. That's just so sketchy to me. Like, that seems like nightmare fuel. <laughs> um, yeah, I will not be participating in this game. Thank you. Yep. When I heard about this, I was driving and I was like, I just want to pull over. I'm afraid something's going to happen to me. It's <laughs> driving down to see you, actually. Give me the chills. No, thank you. I know. Um, and then the instructions are to come back to this world. Press the button for the first floor in the elevator and continue to do so until you start to move. Do not exit on any other floors but the first. Do not acknowledge a woman again if she is on the elevator. If anyone else gets on the elevator, do not speak to them either. Remain silent and don't look at them. So how this ties back to Elisa Lamb is they say that she was playing this game because of how strangely she was acting in the elevator. She kept pressing a weird amount of buttons and they weren't in order or anything like that. So it didn't really make sense to, as to how the pattern was going. So people thought she was playing the game and that she may have gotten disoriented in this other world, tried to come back, and the cameras picked her up. And um, she just didn't know the sequence to get back. She couldn't remember or something along those lines. Or maybe she looked at the woman. Something. Um, but yeah, her elevator behavior is what kind of indicated that people thought maybe she was playing the elevator game. Um, and then the fourth and the last theory is that she was murdered by someone at the hotel, which is the most realistic scenario out of all of these, as much as I love a good scary story. So actually in her Tumblr blog, leading up to the days she um, passed away, she mentioned being bothered by creepers at the hotel. Um, and this theory is supported by the fact that only hotel staff could get up to the rooftop to dispose of her body in the water tanks, as we heard about all the crazy different steps that had to happen before she got up there. Um, we will never know for certain what happened to Elisa Lamb, 
but the sources we used for the story are All Things Interesting, Wikipedia, Tumblr for the post where she mentioned her Hotel Creepers, and then also Thought Catalog for the elevator game. I literally just went through and looked up step-by-step on the elevator game for that. And there's more information about the elevator game out there if you're curious. I was. But again, do not try this. Just talking about it is enough to freak me out, even though I'm, like, rational. And I'm saying, no, can't be real. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Hannah and I record at a distance sometimes, and today is one of those days. Hannah had her camera off. We turn our cameras off when we're talking so we don't feel weird about looking at each other um, or, like, just staring at each other while we talk. But Hannah just turned her camera on to the most ridiculous and creepy (laughs) face I've ever seen her make. Don't call my double chins creepy. It wasn't the chins. It was the (laughs) eyes that were about as wide as half of your head. (laughs) I gotta go. I can't be here anymore. (laughs) It's fine. You're fine. Okay, so hold on. Back to the elevator game real quick. So what happens if you do look at the woman or, like, acknowledge her or whatever? That's a good question. Hold on. I'm, like, super curious about this because they really stressed not acknowledging her. Yeah, they don't say here i did hear about it i've heard about it from a couple of podcasts now just the elevator game in general from like spooky like creepy pasta type of things um let's see no it just at the very end of all the instructions it again stresses regarding the woman do not speak to her do not look at her do not check to see if she is still there at the corner of your eye she is in bold letters ew i know like that's why it's so creepy to me like who hurt her? Is she okay? Should someone just love her for once? Maybe she isn't evil. <laughs> I mean, maybe don't try to love her because I feel like that goes against the instructions of the game and everything they're telling you. So maybe just leave her be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is another thought catalog thing, and thought catalog is not like a news website, so I, don't, I wouldn't take this for gospel or anything like that. Um, someone's account is, someone did get on when they pressed for the fifth floor in the game, um, and she never had the opportunity to not look at her because she was looking at the lights above the doors telling her which floor she was on, and then when the elevator stopped, she was already looking like in the direction of the door so she saw the woman out of her corner of her eyes get on but she thought okay like whatever this is bs it's not real it's just whatever so apparently this woman was tiny very pretty light blonde hair um and started talking about how there had just been an accident on the fifth floor and asked if she would go back to help her she just got on on the elevator floor um, in hopes that someone might be there and then go help her. So this girl says she didn't speak at all. It was too weird for her. 
And then the woman said again and said it this time like she was getting angry. And then the woman said to her a third time um, something that was very different. Very expletive words. I'll have to send it to you because I do not want to repeat these words ever anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I use some bad language, but this is way beyond anything I've ever said. (laughs) Boy. I know. That's pretty impressive. I know. (laughs) This game sounds like something that when I was younger, I would be stupid enough to try because I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Let's scare ourselves. Me too. Might end up messing around and going to a completely different dimension. (laughs) Right? It's like when I was younger and would try to play... um, Oh, what was it? Was it that, like, Bloody Mary where you turn the lights off in the bathroom or something and you say Bloody Mary a bunch of times in the mirror? I did it. (laughs) I tried to do it by myself. I had no friends who wanted to do that with me, which, wow, lame. Um, But I did it by myself one night, and I only got to two because then I started to look really creepy and I felt really weird looking at myself. Like, I don't know if you've ever stared at yourself too long in the dark that you feel, like, nervous and scared. I was like, ah! I'm going to go back to my dog. <laughs> I always would not let my dog leave my room the rest of the night. I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something that I did with like my cousins <laughs> when we were younger. <laughs> and we would like, so when we were done, <laughs> there would be one person in the bathroom and then the rest of us would be outside of the bathroom And it was in my basement at my old house. So um, in the basement, the bathroom was like right off of a guest bedroom. And then you come out into like the normal basement area from the bedroom. And we would like try to scare each other when we came out. And I don't know if I did this with my cousins or if it was like with my friends, but we were horrible. (laughs) Like, occasionally they won't know I'm there or, like, won't realize my car's out in the street. My mom or dad will come in, like, oh, where'd you come from? I'm like, hello, you can't get rid of me. Doesn't matter if I live on my own or not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's fun. My mother was always the hardest to scare when I was little, so I used to love, love scaring her the most. My grandma and I... Because, as you know, but of course our listeners don't know, but my grandparents, I grew up with them living in my house for as long as I can remember. I was probably, I don't know, like seven-ish. When I love they, the ever-looking crap out of them. I know. Um, but yeah, I think I was around seven, give or take, when they moved in with us. So my grandma and I, for as long as I can remember, we would always like scare each other and a lot it started out not being on purpose it would always be like an accident (laughs) but then we started doing it on purpose and um we still to this day scare the crap out of each other (laughs) i'm 24 years old now so (laughs) yeah we've done that a couple times she'll come up and she's like oh i even hear you guys come in i'm like yes hello we are here I would do anything for her, honestly. She is the cutest person in this whole wide world. Her and your grandpa. I love them. Oh, and she would also... We had this, like, fake toy snake thing that she would, like, hide. 
places for to try to scare me with it. So that was another thing that we tried to scare each other with, because then I started doing it back. Sounds like stuff Marcus does to me today. He's like, I want to get fake bugs and put in your pillow some night. <laughs> I'm like, cool, we can sleep literally anywhere but this house. <laughs> okay, but my grandma's actually cute, though. She's so cute. I'm sure she puts them in, like, cute places, too, like, right next to, like, little plants or something. Yeah. I think she tried to come up with some more creative spots, though, after a while. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Cocktails and Cold Cases. If you have any suggestions for us, feel free to visit us at our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages, just Cocktails and Cold Cases. Or visit our website, and you can send us an email from there, or send us a message on the website, cocktailsandcoldcases.com, and we will be happy to do whatever story you suggest to us. We're always looking for something new to do, something fun. So join us again October 4th for our fourth episode. That's funny how that winds up. It's also Marx's sister's birthday. But... Thank you guys so much again. And if you're brand new to listening to us, thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate you all. We hope you come back. We understand if you don't. (laughs) Don't say that. Come back, please. (laughs) (laughs) If you come back, you get to see pictures of Hannah's cute dog. So, I mean, it's a win-win either way.